Now, KMOX at your service. Welcome to the Helitech Foundation Repair Home Improvement Show. Now, here's your host, Scott Mosby on KMOX. All right, good morning. Happy Saturday. It is Saturday, isn't it? Uh, we have all kinds of things happening here in the middle part of the country. It's a lovely day in the neighborhood, if you haven't noted. We are really sharing a wonderful Saturday, or the last few days were fantastic. We're going to cook them up today. Yeah, put a few shrimp on the barbie, barbecue a few steaks. Maybe we get barbecued and the temperatures, or steamed with the humidity with all the rain we've had here recently. Scott Mosby is my name. Two hours is the time. Home improvement is the game, and you are the student, the subject, the patient, the recipient of all of this shared knowledge that the University of CAMOX will share with you today, courtesy of all the listeners, we're going to share our best ideas, products, the solutions we exchange by telephone. And the format is, I'm supposed to answer questions to you. Uh, however, after this many years of this family of CAMOX, as you are undoubtedly part of our family, sometimes the best wisdom comes through the phone lines. Here they go, 314-436-7900, your phone lines. You can call in here. We can talk about whatever's important to you. However, I have more value to you when it regards home structure, building science, indoor air quality, health of environment. Yeah, I'm a builder guy. Yeah. Over the years, I've learned that, you know, designing uh, really is part of that building process and, frankly, the design-build process of which my company, Mosby Building Arts, deeply believes in and is completely built to deliver. It, it only matters what gets delivered to the customer, the client, the homeowner. It doesn't really matter what we call ourselves on the other side of the hammer. Good design brings good construction, good trade skills, execute good design. All of that gets delivered to the homeowner. Or not. So putting everybody together in one company vertically integrated is kind of how it's you know, discovered or termed in the business world. We try to have pretty much everything it takes to self-perform residential projects around your house. So the phone line for discussing anything around that is 314-436-7900. Give us a call into CAMWEX, 436-7900. Toll free. 800-925-1120, 800-925-1120. And if you haven't figured it out, my name's Scott Mosby. I own Mosby Building Arts. This is our 72nd year, I think, founded in 1947. And it's kind of an honor to still be around that long. Um, it, it's not my fault that we've been around that long. I'm not that smart. I'm not even that old. Um, however, I, I love this stuff. I guess that's how I got on CAMOX, and I love sharing it. This is my way to make the world just a little bit better, improve things for you, and really share the knowledge I have. And as I expose that, I also get to learn because the more I put it out there, the more it comes back in terms of experience, knowledge, products, trade skills that I haven't experienced. So I'm kind of the guy that gets to put all this stuff in a bucket and carry it around with me. It's a great gig. I mean, it really is. I enjoy this. I enjoy KMOX. I enjoy sharing this. I am the carrier of two generations of knowledge and experience. My dad before me put all that, you know, the punk kid Scott Mosby would or could take, and I carried that to KMOX. It's kind of a fun gig. I, I just like 
being able to make your life a little bit better. And if you think about it, we are your R&D. We're the research and development for the projects you're going to do around your home. We do this all the time. We have licensed plumbers, licensed electricians. We have a full painting crew. We are a licensed architecture firm. So we have all of the skills around anything residential. Uh, we have certified kitchen and bath designers. We have aging in place, universal design, uh, certified professional. Uh, all that stuff delivered with specialists in one company to get her done. Well, I get to work with some pretty smart people. And in turn, they tend to keep me pretty sharp. And through CamoX, I get to share it with you. Great exchange. Also, Helitech is the title sponsor of this uh, Helitech Home Improvement uh, Show. And, you know, again, with these phone lines, 436-7900-800-925-1120, we get to talk about your thing. Let's see what's cooking. I say we get fired up and get going right away. And uh, let's see what's happening here. Get started with Jim. Hey, Jim, Scott Mosby, good morning. How can we help? Yeah, I had a question about um, I need a new furnace. And the furnace guys are telling me, I, you know, uh, selling these UV light things to make the air quality better. Do those really work? Uh, yeah, they do. They do. They, uh, the UV light... Uh, everything the light hits on the air rushing past it in the furnace, it kills those critters. So it's good stuff. The, the weak point is if your air moves faster than the light can really uh, be effective or if the humidity is too high, too low, and all of that. So, you know, running that light all the time and running your blower motor continually, you're going to clean that air up because you can you kill a lot of the allergens with that UV light. So, yes, it does. Uh, and, and if you run your blower motor all the time, time with that light going you can clean things up pretty good well thank you you bet jim it's it's um uh do you have any kind of medical issues that make you a particularly good candidate for that allergies stuff like that well not really but i just um you know i mean if it uh, i know they try to sell it more for the asthmatics and the allergy people and people with lung disease and Yep. Uh, et cetera, et cetera. But I, I just figure it can't hurt any of us if the air is a little cleaner. So. Well, that's that's kind of the deal. You're going to run a light bulb in your furnace. It sounds kind of weird, but yeah, it does work. I, I mean, if you think about it, Mother Nature designed the sun to kind of cook down those same things and try and clean up our air here in our big house called the Earth. So, you know, this, this ain't even new. <laughs> well, I, well, I appreciate your insights. Okay, Jim. Thank you, sir. Thank you. Bye now. Bye-bye. And really, uh, and that is really my take on things. Um, uh, new things are really the discovery or our increased knowledge, experience, sometimes intellect and maturity of our housing system and construction industry where we get smart enough to realize, hey, you know, Mother Nature has the sun that really kills a lot of bad things. So we put a little bit of sunlight inside the furnace and the heating and cooling guys say, hey, ultraviolet light is really bad for some of that stuff. And you'll see them around the hospitals and medical care communities and all that. Uh, so anyway, this is not even a new thing. However, the simplicity of burning an, an ultraviolet bulb, you know, look, kind of a fluorescent looking thing, and it just sticks inside the ductwork of your house, of your furnace, you know, kind of low tech, but it seems high tech, but you know, you know, it's hundreds of dollars, but you know what? 
It works. Hey, 314-436-7900, toll-free, 800-925-1120. My name is Scott Mosby. My promise is to bring you my best, to share my knowledge with you. When I run out of experience, I'll tell you. If I don't know the answer, the answer I have is I don't know or I don't know all of this, but here's what I do know. Together, we're going to figure this out right here on University of KMOX. Scott Mosby at your service right now. Two more hours. (laughs) I hope you're as excited about I am. Welcome back to the Helitech Foundation Repair Home Improvement Show. Now, once again, here's your host, Scott Mosby on KMOX. All right, a great day in the middle of the country. I love living in the Midwest. It is terrific. A little bit of heat. We may redefine today what you and I know as close. Yeah. For example, when we perspire and it doesn't evaporate, it just sits there and cooks on our skin. That's called close. Let's see what's happening here and go and talk with Robert. Hey, Robert, good morning. Scott Mosby here. How can I help? Scott, I have a roof with uh, composition shingle, uh-huh. and it has uh, dark spots on it. looks like stains. Mm-hmm. And there are two pin oak trees near the house. Yep. You want to get rid of them? Without damaging the tie, the uh, the shingles, right? Uh, yeah. Uh, basically, there's a big long word for that. It's a um, it's a growth, as you well know, kind of a um, mold, if you will. Uh, the scrub it. Uh, power wash pressure is not the effect. You'll blow your shingles apart. So basically, it's like uh, washing your car with a brush or, br- you know, washing the wheels of your car with a brush. Uh, you use a, a light bristle, plastic bristle broom. I usually use a, a push broom, you know, about 24 inches wide um, and get the roof wet uh, and you'll be surprised how much dirt comes off of that roof. Uh, be careful. You're up on the roof. Uh, fall hazard is definitely part of all this. Uh, there are pros that do this. Uh, the long and the short of it is basically chlorine bleach is what kills this stuff. But before you start bleaching the dirt and any solid residue left over from this mold or lichen on the top of the roof, you want to get rid of the solids, the dirt, get down to just the blast, the black spots. Uh, and that is, it's no different than the stuff growing Going on the north side of the tree, the north side of the house, um, in the shower if you let it go too long without cleaning. So it's it's not a big nasty thing, but if you let it go too long, uh, it will gather and it'll get fuzzy. It'll grow like moss on the north side of the tree and then it holds moisture in your shingles and that part re- wears out 10, 15 years too soon. So it's important to clean it off. Uh, back, if, if you notice on your roof or other roofs, wherever there is a galvanized flashing, for example, for a chimney or the lead boot uh, for a plumbing pipe coming through the roof, that zinc, as Z-I-N-C, the zinc in that flashing tends to kill that stuff. So you might have white streaks in the roof if you let this go too long. Uh, It is the trees that uh, create that with the shade, the moisture, humidity that doesn't really get through the wind, you know, to dry out your roof so it grows faster. Uh, Yes, you can do this. Uh, Bleach the dickens out of it. Rinse it. Be careful. The bleach will kill plants and grass below, so you need to dilute that runoff out of your gutters when that happens. Uh, And you'll do it again in about three years. Uh, For those of you considering 
considering replacing roofs. There are roofs that get uh, composite roof shingles where they actually put uh, copper specks or flecks into the granules on those shingles, and they are called algae-resistant, mildew-resistant roof shingles. But basically, it's having aggregate built into those shingles. Uh, they put a warranty on it for 10 or 15 years, but not the full 30 or 40 years warranty of your roof. So the the shingles will last longer than this uh, copper ability. But it's a non-ferrous metal that tends to kill this stuff and keep that algae from growing. How's that for a long answer to a short question? Any recommendations on who does that sort of cleaning? Uh, you really, it's not a big uh, problem. Anybody who does uh, power washing, house cleaning, uh, those sorts of things, um, be careful. I mean, it's important they are insured because you can spend, you know, not much and get your roof clean. But if they fall, you know, they're on your insurance and all right. that kind of business stuff. Um, so it's it's not... Those that know how to do this are, are usually pretty good at it, um, and it'll take, you know, depending on the size of the house, somewhere from three to eight hours, you know, and, and if you have a steep roof, you know, now we're talking fall protection, you know, with some, you know, uh, retention and lanyards and all that stuff. Sure. Okay, well, thank you very much. Uh, it, it's something you can do. Just be careful. I've done it before. It's um, it's real easy to uh, take it for granted that, you know, I'm safe in the middle of the roof when I all of a sudden I look up and, man, I'm, you know, a foot and a half from the edge of the roof. So please be careful. It's uh, on a hot, hot day uh, for me. Uh, it, it, it's It's something that I call to have somebody else do it now. Thank you very much. All right, Robert. Take care. Bye now. Uh, good question. Uh, moss groves on the north side of the trees. You know, Daniel Boone, all the woodsmen realize that the sun comes from the south, generally doesn't hit the north side of the tree. The tree grows moss, lichens, whatever, uh, but it stays moist. Um, the north side of the house siding, very common on uh, vinyl siding. So the bleach and the cleaning and all this is all part of uh, house cleaners, you know, for the outside. Um, anyway, there we go. Let's see what's happening here. Uh, how about Joanne? Hey, Joanne, Scott here. How can I help you? Yes, hello. Can you hear me? I sure can. You're on. Are you there, Joanne? Can you hear me? Well, that's interesting. Are you there, Joanne? I'm going to put yes. it. Joanne, can you hear my voice? Yes, I can. Okay, we can hear you. Go ahead with your question, please. Joanne? Okay, we have some time. I put her on hold. Let's go to Judy and see what's cooking. Hey, Judy, Scott here. How can I help? Yes, I was wondering if uh, when refinishing hardwood floors, if the water-based polyurethane is equal to the oil-based polyurethane. Uh, in hardness, it is not. In toxicity, uh, the water base is much more friendly. Um, 10, 15 years ago when the water base really was perfecting, it started to get really high quality. So now there's no big compelling need to go to a solvent-based floor finish anymore, in my opinion. Uh, you know, the one thing I will warn, though, is if you have a dog that's bigger than 40 pounds with claws on it, there's no finish, not even the, you know, the <laughs> solvent base that'll take care of that because those critters will just scratch it up. And uh, so anyway, uh, today, 
you know, unless you're in a commercial establishment with high traffic, you know, I wouldn't really go to the solvent. It, it, it's nice, um, mm-hmm. but, you know, it depends on where your heart sits on the environmental stuff because, you know, it takes some pretty nasty solvents to get that oil-based or solvent-based product. Right. Is there one brand that's better than the other? Um, the um, there's a product that used to be on the market that um, it was called Glitza, G-L-I-T-Z-A, Glitza. Um, I don't even know if it's around anymore. It was a solvent base, and it sets up like iron to the point that you almost can't really sand it off very well. Um, okay. But that's if you're really into high-quality commercial surfaces, it's Glitza. The problem is, you know, you have to turn off the pilot light in the house, turn off all the flames on the cooktop, the fire, the water heater. You know, I mean, it's it's some pretty interesting stuff. So that's one of the big differences is the risk. With a water-based uh, finish, you'll smell it in the house. It's a very pungent odor. Uh, however, with a solvent base, uh, and Glitz is one of the old ones that was really hard, great finish. Um, but, man, if you make a mistake, it's there for a long time, you know. Okay. So, well, I, I was thinking of which water-based brand is better than the other, or they're all... Now I'm kind of out of my element there. Now, okay. now you left the generalist knowledge for me. I know enough to ask that same question that you're asking. But, you okay. know, f- frankly, the way I work professionally and privately as a consumer is what do you have in your house? Tell me okay. why. What, you know, tell me the specifics. So, I mean, generally people that know, they will use the products they believe in the most. And, and sometimes, you know, I'm also the guinea pig on some new ones. It's like, ah, I don't feel comfortable enough to put this in a client's house, but we'll try it here first and see how it goes. So ask all the rest of the questions about why okay. did you put it in your house? Okay. Well, thank you very much. Okay, Judy, take care. You too. Oh, bye-bye. Now. And again, on hardwood floors, and uh, my gosh, uh, I, we, I was in a car last night. We were joking about uh, tearing out that ugly hardwood and putting in that beautiful carpet because, you know, I've been around the block long enough that, the you know, we were um, laughing th- about the products and perceptions of each generation and how they change. Um, so I have been around as a carpenter long enough in my earlier days to see walnut painted over because it was just too dark and dingy. Um, oh, I've seen hardwood floors covered over with carpet because they were just so dated and so blah. You know, now we're back to the other way where we've learned what all the dust particles and particulate in the air, HEPA filters, indoor air quality, how that translates into health, allergens, allergies, uh, respiratory. I mean, the physicians and the home guys are all, you know, working together because that old carpet where we got rid of all that hardwood. Oh, man. I think that's when everybody started getting allergic to stuff. And, you know, we're in the middle of the country where humidity is, you know, rule number two. Rule number one is the sun comes up. Rule number two is when it doesn't, we get a lot of water. So anyway, uh, think about that um, and how they change. So phone lines are open for you, 314-436-7900, toll-free 800-925-1120. My name is Scott Mosby. I am yours, and I am at your service right here on KMOX. Welcome back to the Helitech Foundation Repair Home Improvement Show. Now, once again, here's your host, Scott Mosby on KMOX. Oh, yeah, it is. Guilty as charged. I've been Scott Mosby all my life, you know? I, I, I guess, well, honestly, um, my father's name 
was Sam Mosby, Samuel J. He was the founder of Mosby Building Arts uh, uh, under two or three different names over 70 years. And, you know, he was kind of the smartest kid on the block. And and that's really where it all started. Anyway, uh, when I was born, uh, they, they didn't want another Sam. They wanted to call me Scott, so they called me Samuel Scott. So now I'm S. Scott Mosby, and that just blows the minds of all of these digital software programs around. You know, so how, how do you type that one into a credit card? Yeah, it just doesn't compute. It's So anyway, I, I'm a fan of the human mind. Uh, not a real big fan of anybody who wants to go by their second middle name or, you know, all the people I know that with three and four names. Man, how do they do that? All right, home improvement. Let's see what's cooking with Tony. Hey, Tony, Scott here. How can I help you, my friend? Hey, Scott. This is, I live in South St. Louis, okay. and I got a stone foundation. Uh-huh. Just lately, um, early spring, I had the whole inside tuck pointed. Good. Re-tuck pointed. Uh-huh. Okay. Um, I, I know I have a choice. Concrete sealer or that dry lock paint. Um did you ever hear of anybody putting concrete sealer on the inside? Oh, sure. Oh, sure. Oh, they have. Oh, okay. Oh, yeah, I mean. I, I really like the stone look of it, you know. Yeah. I, I don't like painting masonry work. I just hate it when I see it. Yeah, well, I, I'll warn you here. Um, the There is a crystalline-type clear sealer often used for sealing uh, concrete driveways. Uh, I, I think there were some advertisers on Camwex that did that. Um, and it is transparent, so much so that you can't see it. it it's kind of like rock candy when it soaks into the concrete or the limestone or whatever it is. It's, it kind of sets up into a crystalline f- structure, if you will. So it's a really good sealer. It's hard to find. Um, it's not hard to handle. But the issue is you really have to have clean concrete, clean driveway, patio, whatever it is for that. Um, so there, that's available, but I don't know where a consumer can buy it. It's, uh, you, it's you know, it, you don't know like if New Way has that or somebody like that. No, New Way will have the uh, silicone-based products. Uh, once you get in, and there are a lot of solvent-based, high-tech uh, sealers and such. Okay. Uh, and uh, anyway, so the silicone uh, that'd be a good sealer for your um, stone foundation, but it won't stop the water from coming through. Actually, the dry lock, uh, the UGL brand dry lock is closest to that crystalline form product um, for concrete blocks is what it was uh, generated for. But uh, so I, my vote would be the dry lock on that stone foundation or a concrete, uh, unless you can get a hold of that special crystalline clear stuff. Oh, okay. Okay. Um, I have, I never leaked my foundation, but I have a um, 40% humidity down in the basement. Is that good? Uh, well, with a stone foundation, you it, uh, limestone is a water filter. So all that limestone underneath the ground is the, the water filter for our aquifer, which is why when the water gets down 100 feet deep, it's already gone through all those uh, limestone filters. Okay. So limestone is very porous. It is not a water impermeable thing, nor is brick, stone. None of that stuff is. Sandstone's almost like a screen door. It almost flies through like going through a sieve. 
Right. You know, so uh, again, you will slow down the moisture migration, but if you have a leaking foundation, uh, the uh, limestone's kind of soft and at 100 years old or whatever older age it is, you know, or a million years, depends on how you want to measure that stuff. Uh, you know, it, it, it's going to let the moisture go through. So, and that's kind of like, uh, so if you're slowing down moisture, then that's a worthy mission. If you're trying to waterproof a stone foundation with a, you, you, yeah, you're not going to get it with a yeah, sealer. I, I, was, I was just wondering, you know, which was better, the sealer or really the dry lock? Yeah. I, I like the dry lock because of the crystalline nature. Now, now read those instructions. It's very specific on how that stuff goes on. Um, right. It's a wet-on-wet wet application, so basically you roll it on or spray it or whatever, but it's a heavy solid. I mean, it's like putting uh, uh, pancake batter on the wall, and you roll oh, it one okay. direction, and then while it's still wet, you roll it the other direction. So you, you do a 90-degree grid up and down and then side to side, and, and it's called wet-on-wet. Wet, so you don't do it one way, let it dry, and then put a second coat. You need this stuff to really soak into the pores of that limestone, concrete, whatever the porous stuff is. Okay. All right. All right. Well, thank you very much. All right, Tony. Good luck, man. It's uh, Your back will tell you that you've been busy when you do this. Oh, yeah. <laughs> All right. Thank you. All right. Take care. Bye now. Uh, next up, let's see what's happening here and talk to my friend Mark. Hey, Mark. Hey, Scott here. here. Good, good morning. morning. How, How can, can I help? help? Hey, Scott. Um, on our house, we have three air conditioners and is it cost-effective to run the fan blower all the time for one of them or all three of them or just during the spring or fall or, or, um, or what? What's your opinion on, on that? Oh, Mark, I a very strong opinion on this. Uh, it, it's very economical to run the blower motor. Uh, those blower motors are, um, the tough thing on them is the start and the stop. So a continuous run blower motor is actually, it's, it's not going to hurt your motor much. Um, and I, I would run them on all three of those because what it really does is it averages out. It mixes up everything like a big blender in your kitchen. It takes the hot spots and the cold spots and it just mixes it all together. So the average temperature throughout your house will be more universal, more consistent. It may, it may still be too warm or too cold, but it will average out because it just tends to mix all the dead corners and the nooks and the crannies. And, you know, and it also moves the moisture. So on a day like today where, you know, maybe down in the basement or whatever, that humidity sits in the corner because it doesn't get any ventilation, blowing that blower motor on that furnace tends to move it around and then it goes past your AC coil, which uh, dehumidifies it dries the good thing around St. Louis. So, yeah, I don't think you can lose by leaving your blower motor running the whole time. And it also filters the air continuously. Okay. So, so even, uh, even in the wintertime, do the same thing in the winter too, huh? Ab absolutely, because in the wintertime, the air is dry and the dust monies fly in the air easier. So it's a f it filters those dust particles or particulates out of the air even better. So uh, I, I, there's just no downside for me unless, I mean, you might replace a blower motor, you know, in a 20-year life of a furnace maybe once, but you're not going to burn them out. And, and you're going to spend, I don't know, maybe 6 or $7 per furnace per month. You know, it, it, there's some cost to it, but not much. Okay. Sounds great. Thank you for the, your opinion. I appreciate that.
Right on, Mark. It's a good question, and I, I really I feel strong. My furnace blower has run continuously since I've been on KMOX. I, I think I, I think I learned that here. Frankly, I, you know, some some specialist, you know, called back and said, "Well, actually, Scott, here's the you know," and off we go. And I've been sharing, sharing it for, for two decades. Because be, it's kind of curious why we even had that option on. You know, it seems like if it's such a good idea, they would be just made that way. You know. Well, one size does not fit all. Uh, for example, if uh, here's one of the issues. Uh, if you have a pilot light on a uh, gas fireplace uh, and you have a negative underbalance or imbalance in the return air, if you run that blower all the time, it can backflow, backdraft, or inhale the carbon monoxide from that tiny little pilot light. Uh, whereas if you don't have a blower motor on, you don't have an imbalance and a suction or starving out of the return air, and you know you don't have that problem. So there are consequences for some of this. You need to have you need to have the rest of your house right to do that. Um, and and when you know fifty years ago when houses were not airtight. Uh, it wasn't a problem. Now, as we tighten up houses and, you know, be better stewards of our energy and all that, you know, we're trapping the good and the bad air stuff inside our house and running a furnace like that. You can really, you know, keep a flu exhaust from escaping out of your house safely by using this blower motor running all the time. So if you've got gas appliances, make sure they're drafting correctly and, you know, they're um, uh, building uh, home inspection people that will do a blower door test or a flu test or whatever, but I would urge you to get them checked. Okay. So even if, if you're going to be on vacation for two weeks and you're um, still leave it running while you're, you're not there at the house? Uh, yeah, uh, yeah. Absolutely. absolutely. Yeah. Okay. 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 Thank you very much. Okay, okay Mark. Mark. Bye, Bye now. now. Home improvement, KMOX. Uh, you bet. It's, uh, it, it, <laughs> I don't know how to say this, but as we got smarter over the last few decades and built our houses tighter and tighter and tighter, now some of the safety fresh air leaks that came into our homes that kept us alive, safe, and healthy no longer do because now we're paying more for our energy and we are building our houses tighter, plugging all the air leaks, gaps, and holes. And that's not always good. Uh, because if you've got, say, a stove that doesn't draft right or a gas water heater that doesn't draft right or a furnace that doesn't draft right and you, you know, maybe it's working pretty good and then you have this furnace on, you run it and it's not designed with the proper amount or free airspace or not operating as it was installed, you know, you you cause a negative pressure in that house because that motor, that blower motor is running and sucking a vacuum and you can cause other issues you just move from one problem to the other so yeah that that's one size does not fit all uh, anyway 314-436-7900-800-925-1120 can you tell i love this stuff i you know i i i can't help myself home improvement camo x got at your service just because i can't help myself Welcome back to the Helitech Foundation Repair Home Improvement Show. Now, once again, here's your host, Scott Mosby on KMOX. All right, back together, home improvement. Scott Mosby, guilty as charged. I can't deny that. I am that guy. And I've been either ignorance is bliss or happy all my life. But anyway, I, I, you know, 
I get paid to talk on KMOX. I mean, how cool is that? Let's see what's happening with Debbie, my friend. Hey, Debbie. Scott Mosby, good morning. How can I help? Hey, Scott. Appreciate your show. As a matter of fact, previous caller's question about uh, water-based polyurethane prompts my questions. Yeah. I am getting ready to uh, have new carpet put in. I'm taking advantage of the old stuff being out of the way. Uh-huh. And I want to update and freshen up my uh, banisters, my posts, and then, of course, paint my balusters. I have what they refer to as the salt and pepper uh, banisters. Okay. So my question is, what can I do, what should I clean, what should I do to prepare my banisters before I apply a new coat of polyurethane? I've got some spaces that I need to touch up with some stain and things like that, and if that water-based polyurethane is the best choice for me. Uh, I do like the water-based polyurethane for clear coat finish above grade. Uh, It's a good choice. I I would like for you to test it first because it doesn't go over the top of all uh, finishes as well as it might. So do a test strip, find a place somewhere in an out-of-the-way place. Uh, I like to clean it uh, with a solvent or, you know, whatever, just a, a cabinet cleaner, not really an oil residue. Uh, so, you know, like a, even a simple green or something, I try to avoid uh, watering it down too much, but sometimes all the dirt and the grime. Uh, likewise, then a rubbing uh, an alcohol. There's denatured alcohol, which I like to wipe down on a wood finish. So the advantage of alcohol is it doesn't leave a water residue. So you can get rid of the dust and all that from a tack cloth type thing uh, with a denatured alcohol. You need to ventilate the house because that, you know, it it will ignite if you get too much of the fumes in there. So uh, light sanding, um, about 180, 200, 220, you know, you're just roughing up the surface, but you have to get rid of the grit and the dirt and all that buildup first. Uh, Mostly on the top rail, you'll find it. The balusters just mostly need a wipe down and a little bit of sanding. But rough it up, break that surface, uh, and then test a small area. Let it dry for a few days and then see if you can just rub it off really hard with your thumb or with a little block of wood. See see just how tightly that uh, urethane bonds to what's below your in your surface prep. But most of it's just sanding, cleaning, uh, solvent wipe with an alcohol uh, or, or solvent if you want. But, uh, you know, the issue is you really don't want a lot of solvent left behind or oil base if you're going to do it with an oil base uh, two-part polyurethane uh, or one part. Do you do the same if I'm using a water base? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, so alcohol is with, fine. Am I, am I cleaning it with simple green and then... Uh, the alcohol. Then, then sand it and then detack it with the alcohol. The alcohol is not a big problem from a water point because it evaporates so quickly and it doesn't leave a residue, whereas, uh, you, you know, mineral spirits will leave an oil film behind. Okay. Second question, trying to prepare the exterior of our home for maintenance-free. Mm-hmm. Got the soffit, got the fascia, but I'm wanting to put a uh, exterior... Uh, maintenance-free ceiling on my porch. Mm-hmm. Um, any suggestions on what type of material to use there? Uh, there are some really fine-looking vinyls. Uh, you have to pay up to the top of the food chain, but uh, there is, um, oh, I know CertainTeed has a beadboard-looking vinyl, so it's really just a soffit material. Uh, it needs to have a more support so that it gets nailed up there quite a bit. Um, but there are several manufacturers that have a vinyl finish that really look like a wood. 
um, and they go in in six and eight inch strips, uh, or you can get you know sheets, but the sheets tend to move. That it's the joints of the sheets that give it away. It's a lot less costly. You get a lot more done with the labor, but it you know you, it's it's kind of like you know big wood pieces. When they move, they leave big gaps in between those big wood pieces, whereas the little pieces, whether wood soffit, wood soffit material or the vinyl look of that wood soffit. There, there, there are a lot of artificial materials that are available. Azek has one. It's a, it's a plastic wood material, it, but it paints. So, you know, there's, you know, there's a lot, but there are good vinyl soffit materials that are pretty far up the dollar food chain, but they're attractive. Also, we had some decorative trim put on the front of the house, naturally, on the second story. Mm-hmm. And um, they, of course, need to be painted, and I'm trying to avoid that uh, down the road. Um, Can that trim board, which needs to be painted, can that be removed and replaced with a vinyl? Um, It's it's about an 8-foot, not 8-foot, but it's about 10-inch wide trim board that uh, sits at um, the base of my window to the roof of the porch. Can that be replaced with something of vinyl that wouldn't need to be painted? Uh, there, there's a brake metal. Uh, there is an aluminum B-R-A-K-E, like brake bending on a tool that uh, bends right angles. Uh, so it's the same thing that goes around windows and trims. It's a loom, There's a painted aluminum. There's also a vinyl-coated aluminum. Ten inches gets pretty wide to the point that it oil cans. It starts to ripple. So that's the risk in that. So there are a lot of good choices. But taking and putting a new board up, even the artificial, um, the, the vinyl, uh, the plastic boards generally need to be painted. They just don't rot when you don't paint them. Um, but it still does need paint to make it look good. It's the pre-finished materials that'll last you 30 or 40 years. The problem is you get that 10-inch fascia. By golly, you're, you're in the artistic end of brake metal uh, craftsmen and, and, you know, not your window break, break them up around. You know, it's, it, they really need to know how to do this stuff. It's, it's nigh on to art away from craft. Okay, great. All right. Appreciate your show. Thanks very much. All right, Debbie. Take care. Bye now. Home Improvement, Scott Mosby, Camo X, back for more right after this. 